Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Tales from the Seaside Floor. My name is Marcus I. Saxon, and I will be your podcast host. And today I have with me Neil Trunsick. Neil completed a CSAP program as an ASC in FY09 in North Carolina. Currently residing in Roll, Switzerland, as an enablement solutions architect, having had a handful of roles within Cisco in the US and Canada previously. There's much more to Neil than Cisco. A data center, similar to the human mind, Neil is an expert at both. With over a decade of combined experience with yoga and mindfulness meditation, Neil's passion for mindfulness combines well with the understanding of work-life balance and mental health. And that's why we're here today, to pick Neil's brain about these three wonderful topics. And I'm very excited to have you here. Thank you uh, for the introduction, Marcus. And maybe you can start by defining mindfulness. What is it and why is it important? Excellent. Thank you for teeing that up. So mindfulness is something I'm hugely passionate about. And it's actually quite simple. So mindfulness is just paying attention to the present moment. Specifically to our thoughts, emotions, uh, physical sensations, and their breath. So it is paying attention in a particular way. But that's all it is, is kind of directing your attention to the present moment. And I think you asked really the key question there is, you know, why is it important? Because understanding the, you know, the dictionary definition of something doesn't necessarily motivate or entice us to want to actually spend our time practicing this thing. So I'll, so I'll try to give a, a brief uh, a brief intro about you know, why we care about this. Um, and coming from an engineering and a scientific background, I, I always kind of go to the science, uh, which is really what drew me personally into it at the beginning when I started practicing. Is there a lot of scientific research available around this? I, I don't know if you're familiar with the expression, it's a, it's a North American expression, uh, fight or flight. Either you like, it tackle the problem or you go away from the problem. It's exactly that. You know, when we have a, a truly life-threatening situation, the body prepares itself um, to either fight or flee to run away. And so it does that through the, uh, the functioning of the nervous system. So there is a very, uh, very old uh, primal part of the brain called the amygdala, which when the body detects you know, a, a threat... Um, let's say in, in modern society, you're walking down the street. Uh, I know, I know you, you're living in Amsterdam right now, so you're going down the street and there's a, a bicycle that kind of rings its bell because you stepped out in front of it. Do you want to stop, look at the bicycle, take the time to think, hmm, what's going to happen to me if that bike hits me? Mm. Right? That's, we don't have that time. It's too slow. What you want to be able to do is have the body instinctively react to, to jump out of the way, and then you can process and think of it afterwards. And that's actually exactly what happens. The amygdala triggers the sympathetic nervous system, which causes a, for example, release in, in adrenaline in the body. The heart starts pumping faster. The muscles tense up. The pupils dilate. Uh, the body's even intelligent enough to redirect blood away from the digestive system so that you've got more blood and oxygen going to the muscles, which is fantastic in this life or death situation now normally what happens is you know we escape from that that threatening situation which if anyone's ever been amsterdam listen to this podcast it is potentially a life or death situation uh, the bicycles go very very fast i've already felt twice on the bike actually and crashed into one person so yeah i know exactly what you're talking about <laughs> um and so normally what happens when we escape from you know that threatening situation is the body kind of starts to calm down, uh, the parasympathetic nervous system activates, and we kind of go back down to our normal baseline. 
what that means is heart rate returns to normal, the muscles relax and, and stuff like that. And it's a cycle, very, very healthy, very, very normal for us. And so this concept of stress, it can be very good. And in fact, it is a survival mechanism that we have. However, the challenge becomes in modern society, I mean, I guess I'll kind of put the question to you, Mark, is what else might trigger our, our stress response in modern society, either at work or at home? Well, what like what stresses me in like in general is I guess but like thinking about the future can stress you. How are you gonna? Sure. Uh, how are you gonna do? How are you gonna do the work? Yeah, absolutely. You know, things like planning for the future, what's gonna happen. Um, uh, for you know, a lot of our CSEP associates, they've just moved to a new hub. Uh, so so they move somewhere else in the world from where they they've been living. They are starting a new career. Many of them come straight out of university. Um, but even, you know, just more generically for anyone in the corporate world, we can talk about things like email can ca cause us stress. Going in traffic can cause us stress. Missing a train, uh, getting into a fight with uh, a loved one at home. So there's a lot of pressure that happens. And what's interesting is that all of these things can actually trigger our sympathetic nervous system. It can trigger our fight or flight response. So an email comes in and it can trigger that stress response in the body, which is actually a pretty big issue because if we think about it, all, more and more things are triggering it in modern society. And as a result, we as a human species experience an enormous amount of stress based on our perception of the things happening. And so to your initial question, what does that have to do with mindfulness? You know, why, why do we care about this? You say it being, it's, it's about being in the present. Exactly. Are you mean that don't think too much about the future, don't think too much about the past? Because it yeah. is quite important to also think about the future. If I'm only in the present, then it's all about what's going on now. Yeah, and, and, and that's actually an, an interesting thing you bring up, quite a common misunderstanding, so it's worth clarification. When, when we talk about mindfulness being the present moment, we don't mean that you know what's happened in the past isn't important and planning for the future is a waste of time, because obviously it's not. You know, We need to plan the very most basic thing we need to plan our days but we also need to plan you know our careers and, and our lives and what we're going to do and so when we mean present moment we mean like right here and right now just you and i yeah bringing our attention and being present with each other in the conversation so planning for the future mindfully can be can be done right you can take the time in the present moment to plan for the future okay yeah where, where the issue becomes is if we become obsessive about what's going to happen in the future and we start going over the, it again and again and again and again, all the potential different outcomes at the expense of the present. Or we start ruminating about the past. So it's not that we don't want to think of memories. It's that if we're stuck in the past, essentially, and we have the same thing running in our heads over and over again, and for example, it causes us trouble sleeping because we're worried about what happened that day. Right? So that's where the advantage of mindfulness can be, is bring yourselves into the present moment, essentially is a short circuit of that nervous system response. Because when we direct our attention to the present moment, we essentially help our bodies realize that that threat is no longer present. So the parasympathetic nervous system will naturally activate, and we go back down to our baseline, and then we can be just a little bit more present, calm, relax, you know, whatever it happens, happens to be. Can you tell me methods you use, uh, actively use, that help you uh, being uh, mindful? Yeah, good question. And I think it might be worth just clarifying one point. 
the discussion that we're having today is very focused on you know the workplace and stress mindfulness has a whole array of different benefits that that are much more so i just want to make sure our listeners uh you know understand that it's not just about helping reduce stress there are other techniques that could be used to reduce stress mindfulness um, i find it speaks to people a lot just because of the corporate stresses that we all face uh, stress anxiety trouble sleeping very very common um, but there are a lot of other potential health uh health and well-being benefits as well associated to us. Um, and so what can we do to be more mindful? There's a variety of what we call formal practices um, that we can do. And we can also just do little small things throughout the day to be more mindful and kind of remind ourselves to be more, uh, more present as we go through the day, as we go in and out of meetings, um, as we're in conversations with people. Uh, an example of the, let's say, informal mindfulness would be, you know, you and I are, are having a conversation and then the, the my phone on silent just vibrates in my pocket. Yeah. My attention is naturally going to go to that. And for at least a split second, I'm going to think, you know, hmm, I wonder what that notification is. Is it a calendar invite? Is it a text message? Is it, you know, what what, what is it? And so how quickly can I bring my attention back to the conversation with you? Because while that has been vibrating... And my attention has been thinking about what it is. Mm. I might have said something I'm not crazy pro- fun and you didn't hear it. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, so, so we miss these very key important parts of our, of our conversation just because, you know, of these little distractions. And so starting to, starting to become aware of these distractions and noticing our response time, essentially, how, how quickly can we actually bring our attention back to the conversation? Okay. Um, uh, you know, every time you stand up or sit down, it's a fantastic opportunity to just notice, you know, how present am I as I stand and sit? Uh, you know, the, the beginning of meetings, for example, an excellent practice for teams is just to take well, like 60 seconds at the beginning of the meeting just to allow people to settle. You can call it a mindful minute if you want. You can call it whatever you want. Um, but we, And it's not about forcing people to meditate because if we start telling people, you know, he, okay, guys, we're going to do 60 seconds of a mindful breathing practice. Some people are going to freak out, but everybody is going to appreciate just saying, all right, you know, we all have very busy days. We're all running around. Uh, a lot of people probably came from a meeting right before. And so let's just take 60 seconds for us to settle and then we'll start our meeting. Yeah. When I schedule my meetings, in fact, I even try to do it like five minutes less. So if it's a half hour meeting, I'll schedule it for 25 minutes. And if it's an hour meeting, I'll schedule it for, you know, 50 or 55 minutes and do my best to actually stop on that time because that, you know, gives people uh, just that slight pause in between meetings. Well, that makes exactly. That makes good sense. Uh, could you tell me like how it relates to yeah work-life balance? If we try to relate it more to Cisco now, how, it is, how has it helped you? to have a good work-life balance? So I've been at Cisco since 2006, and it's always been a big part of the culture here at Cisco is that work-life balance. There's a variety of different ways that Cisco enables its employees to have a work-life balance. Um, You know, we all have uh, our laptops, we have a VPN client so that we can connect in to, uh, to the network from home. Um, you know, v- very often people will have video conferencing units. Like I, I've, I've uh, one of the Cisco DX80s at home, so I can take all my telepresence calls right from uh, right from my home office. And so Cisco gives you all of these tools to have that flexible life. And the work-life balance 
is really, you know, if you've got kids or if you've got, you know, family things or if you've got whatever you need, depending on your job, obviously. But in general, there is a lot of flexibility about how you can arrange your day as long as you get stuff done and do the job. Um, but that can also be a double-edged sword because while Cisco provides that flexibility, they also are giving you the tools to be connected anytime. And so very easily it could become a 60, 70, 80 hour work week because there's nothing to stop you from getting up at 6 a.m. and starting to reply to emails or as you're eating breakfast you've already got you know WebEx Teams open or on a Saturday evening you know oh I'm just going to quickly do this oh you know I, re- I need to get this done obviously there are certain times of the times of the year and certain parts of the job where we've got deadlines that we need to do a little bit harder but it's where it becomes regular Right, and where it becomes a habit where people work excessive working hours. I mean, there's tons of scientific evidence that shows if we work those long, long hour days, we're actually way less productive. It's actually more productive to have shorter, <laughs> you know, yeah, shorter work hours. Yeah, a lot of people are talking about the four-day uh, work week. Exactly. Yeah. And, and I know a lot of Scandinavian countries have, uh, have moved already to, to shorter work days even. And they're seeing the benefits from that. And, and so to your initial question, you know, what does mindfulness have to do with that work-life balance? Um, mindfulness helps bring that general awareness to, to my life. You know, how much do I need to work? When do I need to take a break? If I am working on a project and I'm kind of in the zone, you know, maybe it's fine and I can keep going. And I can work on what I'm doing for an hour or two. Um, but, you know, when's the last time that either, you know, you, Marcus, or, or, the, or the listeners listening to this, When's the last time that you paused just for half a second and checked in with your body? You know, how's my posture? How's my breath right now in this moment? Is there any tension in my shoulders? And if there is, well, you know, maybe getting up, taking a 60-second walk around the floor is the right thing to do. It just allow it gives your mind a bit of space. It gives your body a bit of movement that it needs, and you can sit back down and continue working. Right? That, that ends up being, for a lot of people, way more productive than just sitting for hours and hours on end in front of a computer. And so that work-life uh, balance is not only about the total amount of hours you work in the day, being conscious of that and how that affects your output, but also just you know as the day goes on, taking breaks when you, when you need to, eating when you need to, um, being aware of the type of food that you eat. You know, If you eat a certain type of food, does it make you more tired after lunch or... Are there other foods where you're more energized? You know, are there certain times of the day that you are better better off doing emails? Like if you open email first thing in the morning, is that something that helps you to plan your day and it's effective? Or perhaps for you, it's something that takes you off and you end up spending three hours scrolling through emails that wasn't actually the priority in what you needed to get done that day. And so while we have all these tools from Cisco, the mindfulness is really the key that just helps us so that's kind of the, the magic ingredient that makes all of that work and come together. It also sounds like um, just having very good structure uh, in your life, like understanding what makes you most effective, what makes you complete the task you're supposed to do in the best way, and also have time for yourself to think in the present, how am I feeling right now? I'd say in general, um, they're complementary, right? So mindfulness can help you understand is the structure that I'm doing in my current day the most effective for me and my health and well-being? Um, you know, some people are already very structured and very efficient in work. Does that mean they're very mindful? Maybe, 
in some areas, but maybe not in other areas um, of their life. So the mindfulness is that general awareness just of, again, present moment of our thoughts, our emotions, physical sensations, and the breath. So can I check in and see how I am now? And then is how I'm working, is how I'm living, is how I'm communicating the best way that it could possibly be? And is there anything else that I can do to modify that to make it to make it better for myself and for those around me? Thank you for that, Neil. I actually want to ask you one uh, last thing as well. Think about mental health. Uh, mental health is a topic that is not always easy to talk about. But Cisco does a lot to support their employees if there's any mental illnesses or just need someone to talk to. Could you also maybe try to combine mindfulness and mental health? And what are your thoughts about that topic? Yeah, certainly. They're very complementary. Again, it, mindfulness seems to be a very, very good complement for a lot of things that, that, that happen. A couple of years ago, our, our CEO, Chuck Robbins, sent out an internal email to our employees in the wake of a couple celebrity uh, suicides. And, and Chuck was really talking about just breaking down the barriers and the stigma associated with mental health. I mean, we all have mental health, just like we all have physical health. It could be good, it could be bad, you know, it could be, it could be in between, but we all have this health and it's all something that we need to take care of. And so Chuck just sent out this email saying, hey, you know, guys, um, let's make sure that we, that we support this, that there's no stigma, that if you need to talk, like we're, we're there for you right from the CEO office down. And, and the response to that was overwhelming from the, from the employees thanking Chuck for that and the transparency. And he was actually quite taken aback because he was just like, of course, you know, this is the right thing to do. I'm just going to send out this email to our employees. And spinning off from that, we actually have an entire uh, movement now within Cisco called Safe to Talk, um, where we've got a community and there's lots of resources and information around this that can help support our employees. Um, we have a variety of other additional programs like our employee assistance program, which can offer, you know, depending on the country, access to f- things like free counseling sessions, just call up the number and talk when, when it's needed. All of this is part of our, our global benefits program. So there's a lot, of, lot going on. In addition to that, we also have some mindfulness specific programs where they try to tackle a lot of, a lot of issues, for example, burnout. Before we get to the point where burnout, where an employee burns out and they need to then deal with that, how can we maybe help prevent that? So that's that's how I kind of view mindfulness is as a good complement, but in a more of a preventative fashion, just kind of a general maintenance day to day, like in a car, you know, changing the oil, uh, changing your tires regularly, checking the brakes. So here within Cisco, we actually have a variety of different mindfulness offers for our employees. Our our mindfulness program is called the Cisco Mindset Program that is available globally. And it offers a variety of different types of courses that we can take. One's about you know navigating change, one's boosting innovation. Uh, personally, I've been teaching an eight-week mindfulness-based stress reduction or MBSR course uh, within Cisco for the past few, few years. And so we have a variety of different offers and those will teach um, I guess some of the more formal practices, which we didn't really touch on. We talked about informal ones. Much like going to the gym, mindfulness has formal practices where you know you do set aside time every day and would practice focusing on your breath. 
coffee breath. If so, yeah, you you can mind, mindfully <laughs> drink your coffee instead of drinking it in front of the computer. But it would be more more of a formal practice. So you know, we we will do things like body scans or mindful movement or attention on the breath. And so for listeners who just want to start it out, you know, set your set your timer for three minutes, and just focus on the breath as it comes in and out, just noticing the quality of the breath. And uh, if if the attention wanders, well, it's completely normal, so don't be surprised. But then when you notice it wander, just bring it back. And you notice it wander, you bring it back. And you notice it wander, and you bring it back. And and that's what we do when we do the formal practice. It's like going to the gym and doing reps, you know, like a bicep curls. You're making those muscles stronger by doing the repetition. With mindfulness, the repetition is noticing the attention wander and choosing to bring it back. And so and so those formal programs that we have within Cisco, like the Cisco Mindset Program or MBSR that, that I've been teaching, those teach some of the more formal practices in combination with the informal practices that we uh, that we discussed earlier. You have a lot on your plate. Are you able to be mindful all the time? <laughs> uh, thanks for asking that question, then. Because uh, no, <laughs> I'm not. And you know that that's the reality. Has mindfulness made me more generally aware? Absolutely. But do I still get angry from time to time? Do I still feel sad or stressed out from time to time? Absolutely. But has mindfulness helped reduce the occurrences of that and make me happier, healthier overall? Definitely. So it's absolutely worth worth all the time invested, whether you know it's five minutes a day, 10 minutes, 20 minutes a day, whatever you do to that formal practice, the benefits by far outweigh the uh, the small amount of time that you need to put in. And I've, I've noticed that personally as well. Thank you very much, Neil. I definitely learned a lot. I'm very sure that all the listeners also learned a lot not only about mindfulness, but how it combines well with work-life balance and mental health and what Cisco offers to all their employees. It, it was my pleasure being here. Thanks a lot, Marcus. 